Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second episode of Ruffles My Feathers. I'm Gabriel, and today I'm joined by... Lucian. My name is Lucian. That is who I am. Kyle Thompson. That's and my I'm name. Okay. Wait I'm your <laughs> turn, please. <laughs> and I'm Victoria. All right, let's get right into it. Does anyone have anything right now that really ruffles their feathers? Well, how about the fact that the fastest two-legged animal is a fat ostrich? <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how fast can they run, do you know? I have no idea. I just know it's pretty quick, man. Wow. <laughs> Any number I say right now is going to be pulled out of nowhere. What? So I would say, I'm thinking 35 miles per hour, probably. That's, that's a uh, guess. The fastest right human now. can move at 35 miles per hour, I thought, right? What? Isn't, Listen, isn't that? 35 miles isn't an hour? Isn't the fastest 100-meter uh, sprint roughly like 30-something miles an hour? But the question is, how far can the ostriches run at that I've, I've heard that humans are the fastest yes. land animal. 43 miles per hour. 43 miles per hour. I don't think Usain Bolt can do that. But it just doesn't make sense. It's similar to the bee conundrum. What is the bee conundrum? Oh, that they're so fat. <laughs> they're so fat, and yet they fly. You know? It's all about tempo. That's all it is. And, like, it's the fact that, like, you have humans... And when humans reach that level, they lose all abilities. Whereas these bees and ostriches gain some amazing abilities. But I don't think they're actually fat. Yeah, I think that's like standard I think they're ostrich. Just big. They're just big animals. <laughs> they're not just true. obese. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. So. Oh, no. But listen, ostriches have nothing on how fast I just ran up the stairs <laughs> to get into the studio. Wow. Yeah. Let me just let you know that a bike always wins in a race. Oh, in a long Except race. Except for today. Yeah. <laughs> so some context for everyone listening. Kyle biked here and mm-hmm. I walked. We left at the same time. I made it first. Alright, you need more context. Listen, that was a that was a blatant <laughs> lie to your faces <laughs> or your your radios, okay? <laughs> first off, I biked to Dunkin' Donuts and waited online with five people ahead of me and I got my sandwiches before she did. Before she even and then I caught up to her. And I was being nice enough to notify her of my presence. I could have sped by like an ostrich at 43 miles per hour, <laughs> but I chose to lightly go, what's up? And you know what happens? She turns and runs. She, I kid you not, she runs while I lock my bike to a, to a sign. I turn to walk in with her and talk, and she's sprinting up the stairs. <laughs> and I just lack the effort to follow suit. So wow. that's what happened. That is, that is really something else. <laughs> yeah, I just had to win. <clears throat> yeah, I was actually telling Lucian the other day that I heard humans are just the fastest animal like at long distances yeah like given given some distance like our endurance is, it allows us to beat any animal yeah, yeah. isn't our fast really? walking like super powerful yes what? i mean have you seen the olympic fast walking? <laughs> have you seen them that is it's crazy it yeah. is actually pretty yeah like pretty they wild. have like really fast mile times i don't yeah. understand and like the rules are i think you can't have yeah. like two feet off the ground exactly at the same time. one foot yeah. has to be on define the ground. really fast for me if you don't mind gabriel um I'd, sub, I'd have sub to look five minutes the fact that they're walking means True. that's pretty fast. If they can go under five minutes walking, I will. But be at what very point do we surprised. change the definition of walking when they're going? There's the there's, a concrete, the there's a concrete there's a concrete definition. Yeah, one foot on the ground all the time. <laughs> um, they can walk one mile in six and a half minutes. That's pretty. Wow. Quick. That's insane. That's, uh, that's pretty quick. I can't run yeah. that fast. That actually was my fastest mile time in middle school. Yeah, they're fast. Well, if any of you are wondering how fast speed walkers walk, about as fast as Lucian was in middle school. Yep. Just for his one mile time in middle school. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good uh, standardization right there. My question yeah. is, do you think their athletic ability translates 
into other things, or do you think they can just speed walk really fast? Like, you think Black Friday is their only <laughs> application, or do you think if they would run a mile, they'd do pretty well, like sub five? I'd say they're pretty good athletes in general. Mm-hmm. It'd be like like a sprinter. Like I'm pretty sure a sprinter could run a mile pretty but fast. But I feel like fast walking uses a lot of different muscles than. No, it definitely does. Yeah. But like, I mean, they probably couldn't. You're like, still using muscles. What kind of question is that? But like, I'm sorry, viewers. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, they're definitely not going to be like running like Olympic times for the mile. But they're no, like but faster than Lucian's middle school time. They will be going faster than that. They can I walk hope. faster I than Lucian's middle school time. If they can so. walk, <laughs> sure they can run faster. <laughs> <laughs> like, they can take one leap at the very end and probably be faster, you know? You think there's ever a point where instead of running, they just speed walk because they're so good at it? That's probably, probably <laughs> all the time. <laughs> if I was a professional speed walker. Like, why would you ever run anywhere? Yeah. They'd probably just, I need to run a mile, and they just start pumping their arms and going. Speed walking. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. But like for like humans, like I've heard they like run animals to death. So mm-hmm. like if they were hunting something like yeah. a gazelle, they could they could yeah, just run them. keep following it forever, even if it like sped we up. are very persistent. And then it just dies of old age. Dies of old age. And then your children can eat. <laughs> <laughs> they would do that for uh, mammoths, I believe. They would like chase mm. them across the ice bridge mm. and and hunt and them. off cliffs. Awesome, and it worked. And it worked. None of them are here. <laughs> <laughs> they just couldn't speed walk. They could not. If and they, they had the advantage, too, because they can always keep one leg off the ground. Oh, mm-hmm. on the ground. They have yeah. four legs. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine they that. They could <laughs> run and keep one leg on the ground at all times. Yes. They have it easy. Four-legged animals have it easy. Yeah, I agree true. with that. But Imagine I actually... spiders, though. Wow. Goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, you can get the hip motion, hip motion in yeah. spiders. Yeah. My yeah. thing was... I was actually thinking about that the other day when I was throwing the ball for my dogs. I was like, do you think that just automatically having four legs makes you incredibly faster because you have two other things pumping? Well, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure things we're that pretty are four-legged. fast running, though. Four-legged mm-hmm. animals are built for land speed, like like sprint speed, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we cannot move. Most humans could not move as fast as a dog. But I'd, I'm saying I'd long distance, you think it's better to just have the two legs? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. You say long distance? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the two legs that help. I think it's just Stamina. the way humans bodies work like I feel like hyenas are not as fast but they have some pretty good endurance if I remember correctly probably I think the the other animal like either the most endurance or second most endurance is like the Siberian Huskies yeah Yeah. like the Iditarod stuff that's because they can like process food while they're running so like you feed them wow and then they get energy again but yeah I don't know what it is about humans so I'm hearing that a good energy source would be like a giant hamster wheel that feeds huskies. Is that what I did not hear? Um, sure. That'd be incredibly inefficient. Mm. But think about how cool it'd be to watch. I feel like it'd be kind of sad. Yeah. yeah no, you can make it all fun <laughs> for him. You can throw <laughs> a tennis ball. <laughs> Give him a ball. Just hang it in front of his head. <laughs> yes. So, moving on to another topic. Just a quick poll. What is everyone's opinions of bucket hats, boonie hats, or boat Fish, hats? Whatever you call them. What's a boonie hat? I'm not quite sure, honestly. There's a there's <laughs> many definitions. I'm trying to... You don't know where our viewers are from, you know? But are these all different hats or different I, names for the same I thing? believe they're all very similar in their structure. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, think, I think it depends on the rim size. I think it does... Dep- uh, be yes, very rim careful. Size, we, rim size. Yeah, be very careful there. I think it does depend on the size of the uh, brim. Oh, the brim size. Wow. Rim not size sounds a little bit... All right. Brim size. Brim, Brim size. size I see. Yeah. What's everyone's opinion? Let's, you know? 
Uh, I feel like it has a time and place, and that time and place is ironic and at a party. I think people wear bucket hats unironically. They do. But as far as kids go, I feel like no kid has like a legitimate reason to wear a bucket hat unless I, they're hunting something. I do enjoy the ironic at a party. That is also, that is very cool. But just think about, you know what grinds my gears or ruffles my feathers, as mm-hmm. they say? The fact that I have the courage to wear it to class one day, and the instant I wear it, my good friend Lucian just instantly annihilates me for it. What do you think you're doing wearing a bucket hat, you know? When did this happen? Oh, I, I, remember, I remember. Did I annihilate you? <laughs> you remember how much he, I have no he attacked memory of this me? Event. Yeah. See, Gabe remembers. I remember because it scarred me. <laughs> That's why I haven't worn it to class since. I think since. you shouldn't let Lucian tell you what you can and can't wear. If you want to wear a bucket hat, just wear a bucket hat. Yeah, if you want to make a fool of yourself, make a fool of yourself. Ah, uh, there By it is. All means. <laughs> but, I mean, you wore that hat? Mm, I'm not... Yes. Because I'm not sure that's a bucket hat. That what would you call this? It's a safari hat. I don't know what I'd call it, but I, w- I don't think I would call it a bucket hat. It's it's bigger. Like, the brim is bigger than a typical bucket hat, I feel. This one? I Man, I got some, with some big brims. Let me tell you. <laughs> also, do bucket hats, like normally have the the strings that hang down oh always do they i've seen some without then those are fake Mm -hmm. well well kyle i'm just gonna advocate for you a little more lucian if you're not gonna wear a bucket hat because you think it looks dumb then you're limiting your fashion choices i would rather limit my fashion choices if the thing that i'm limiting is something that doesn't look good i feel like that's pretty fair i mean that's your opinion yeah and uh i guess when it comes to me dressing hats, my opinion is pretty important call what boonie hats the wide brim the wide brim mm-hmm. i feel like yeah bucket hats also have like an angled brim i have a bucket hat i'm not wow, a fan of how it angled looks. brim they do have an angled brim very yeah. short angled downward brim correct yeah, and a lot of yeah and a lot of them don't have straps. I noticed yeah. that. But those are for sailors. I'm talking about fashion. You know, we, we wear booty hats for fashion here. I have an Ikea bucket hat that I am going to wear whenever it rains because it's made out of their bag material, like tarp. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. You're going to wear a bag as a hat is what I'm hearing. It's not a bag. Bag it's a hat. hat. I'm going to look outside to see you with a plastic bag tied around <laughs> your chin in, in the rain. That's yeah. maximum protection. And she'll be completely dry. Mm-hmm. And completely dry. <laughs> exactly. That is awesome. Um, I guess something that ruffles my feathers is the fact that in our dorm, people will just leave dishes oh unwashed goodness. in oh the man. sink. You understand you're, you're unleashing a dam. It's like having David. roommates. It's like having roommates that don't wash their dishes It's ever. so much worse because it's, it's not just their stuff they're leaving in there. It's communal. Yes, we have a bunch yes. of communal stuff in the yes. kitchen, and people will just take plates or forks, mm-hmm. whatever, and just not wash them. They just they they eat off it, and they're like, "All right, well, it's communal. Like, if I don't wash it, it gets taken from the, like it, precisely." The, we have a system in place where, if the person who's in charge of making sure that people wash their dishes comes in and sees that there are dishes in the sink, he'll give people twenty four hours to wash them before he takes them and. Uh, makes them communal essentially but if the if they're already communal there's no incentive for people to wash them mm-hmm. it's only for people that leave their own mm-hmm. dishes yeah, definitely it's mm. just so annoying because 
I kid you not, it literally piles up to what the point it's above it the really sink does. level. It really does. It's very frustrating. Last night it was above the sink level. Yeah. Like that's unacceptable, you know? Yeah. yeah. I like I don't even like what goes through people's minds when they like <laughs> leave stuff in there. Yeah. I feel like there's no there's no point where you have so little time like consistently where you can never wash dishes. Yeah. I mean I can understand I, doing it like once. Yeah. But I feel like leaving it for a couple I days. I understand. There are like occasionally like you just forgot. So like you get like a chance, you know. Yeah. But I I do understand people leaving it there for maybe like an like you know half an hour while they're eating or something, letting it. Oh serve. yeah, I mean yeah, if they're in the yeah, kitchen, you know. Albeit though, you can't leave it there for days for someone else to wash. Like yeah. you know when they put it in there, they have no intention of coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, you don't why? fill it up and like have it covered with other dishes and go. Yeah, I'm gonna come back in 20 minutes and wash <laughs> that. If you don't have time to wash your dishes, then you don't have time to eat in the kitchen. That's exactly. that's simple, you know. Yeah, for sure. What is everyone's possible solutions to this? Mine is having a designated, um, a, uh, you know. A dishwasher? Like uh, no, person? an assigned a dish watcher, not washer. <laughs> wow, wow. And they just sit in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Like and a, watch a the sentry. dishes. Instead of like a CCTV mm-hmm. camera. Mm-hmm. Precisely. So washing. Watching. So we're like, wash your dishes because we have a dish wa- Oh, gosh. A dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... Oh no, that was entirely No no, I'm saying like 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 a like a camera or something. Oh, an actual camera? Yeah. I guess you could do that. And then boom, we got them. And they're like in their robe. Yeah. It's very difficult when people can just put a dish in there that's communal and no one knows who put it in there because it's a communal dish. How about you have to sign out communal utensils? That'd be so much more hassle. That'd be a lot of hassle. That'd be so much more. It'd be a hassle until we (laughs) you listen, you root out the ones that keep doing it. And how would you and identify each fork? You literally have a scan, and you just scan Goodness. it. Out. <laughs> you put barcodes on each of the forks, and you have to scan it out. Precisely. <laughs> but I feel like once we find out who's doing it, and you just ban them from using the utensils and like the dishes, it'll slowly amend itself because it, it's got to be the same people. I don't know. I, I guess I think it'd probably be a lot of the same people. I just don't understand what goes through people's head. You know, I do. I in my suite, for I for a week the entire surface was just covered with oh, yeah. a pressure this cooker, so pasta all over it, and I was just leaving it because I was like, all right, no, he needs to wash this. You know, I'm not washing this. But right. then I had to cook, you know, like not just a typical like eggs in the morning, mm-hmm. but like I had to cook like a full on meal. You know, right. So then I have to clean up this guy's mess, and just I have to wipe off the. It's just it's stuff I shouldn't have to do, and like. I just he no he had no intentions to clean it. It had been a week, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You know? Wow. Yeah. And you walk past the suite every day to go to class. You're telling me you look you you walk past and <laughs> like, that's yep. mine. Looks good. Mm-hmm. No, but it's weird. Like we even got the reason why we have more communal stuff this year is because last year it was a problem that we didn't like wash stuff. I don't understand how that would have fixed it. If I anything, I either. feel like that makes it worse. That makes it so much worse. Yeah. But it's, I think I think it was also just a clear up space. So yeah, like that I think was very effective. Yeah, so we have a lot more space now because a lot of it's communal. So like, not everyone has to have their own plates or forks. No, that was definitely intelligent. Mm-hmm. Very good move. But yeah, it just leaves to less responsibility per person. I guess. I would say, I think the in my opinion the best solution would just be to use part of our budget to pay someone to wash dishes to be like a designated dishwasher, or. Housing we point. could just have yeah. I was gonna say housing yeah. points we have to pay. We could we could have, a, like a weekly rotation, like one week, 
my own. One person washes dishes. I really or like, like every, that. Or a person washes dishes like once a week for one meal. I like that, except for the fact that then all, excuse me, it'll be insane. Because now yeah, that they know no someone's one washing can. their dishes, there goes whatever motivation they had to wash dishes. And the sink can only get so full. Yeah. But if there if there's one person washing dishes for each meal of the day, I feel like there's no way that oh, that's oh, every day. Meal of the day. Yeah. Like you come in how about you come time? in and you have a one hour shift of washing dishes at like eight AM or it's like gotta nine be end of the day, I think. End of the day probably. And Why would you have person? to do it like that? You could easily do it incrementally. Unless you have an industrial dishwasher. No, because the I'm pretty sure the majority of plates will come in at the end of the day. Yeah. So, like, whoever has the last shift Rather is than going to do it. Maybe make it a, a responsibility. Like, not like you get anything out of it. Everyone has to be dishwasher this many times a month. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I think that's that's what I would suggest. My sister lived in a co-op for a long time. And, and that's how, how they did it. Out of that, like, you guys get, a, like, a meal each month or something like that. Everybody, like the whole house, you know, like, oh, thank you guys for all doing your your duties. But if you don't do it, you don't get to partake in this meal or something, you know? Now, how do you enforce people doing their, oh, I guess you just see if the dishes are still in the sink. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then that's still, then you still have the problem where people don't wash their dishes. And if anything, it's exacerbated. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but uh, then but then at least there's some, someone washing <laughs> dishes. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Another problem, another issue I have with the dorms is that um, we don't have any um, paper towels anymore. <gasps> I paper towels or I soap or soap. Thing. Are you kidding me? Like I don't understand. That's going to lead to plagues. <laughs> it is. That will lead yeah. to plagues. We're going to get the bubonic plague because people aren't washing it's their hands. Come back. Yeah, exactly. Let alone their dishes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It is now the suite of no washing in general. <laughs> no wash. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there at the sink waiting for someone to wash my hands, and it just it it doesn't, doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. To be honest, I may be part of the problem for your paper towel. Why? Um, How many paper towels? Did you Gabe, use? the look the, the look Gabe's giving me right now. He's like, why? Like I'm gonna like he's gonna kill my family for this. <laughs> just so your family. the kitchen ran out of paper towels, and I was told by Gabby to just steal them from the bathroom. That's what I was told. Dang. I didn't steal the ones from the t- paper towel dispenser. I took the extra roll. So, but still, someone should be in there making sure there's always extra rolls. Right? I mean, there's like someone cleaning every day. Like I see him, and they just don't fill the paper. Yeah. I have an idea. I literally have an idea. Mm-hmm. Leave it open. Open the paper towel dispenser and leave it open. We can't. There's a key. That no, there's not. Use. There is. I have. We've, opened we tried it. to open it. Kyle open I've opened it. Did you break dispenser. it? The one in the one in our bathroom. I think we just weren't opening it right. Yeah, I, I literally really? opened it. I think I opened it in front of Victoria. Honestly. Yeah, I was there. I, I opened them all the time. Okay. You know, I used to pride myself on that. So in my school, people, I don't know how it happens, but literally, the we, you know, we have very similar paper, paper towel dispensers in all the bathrooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't get how, you know, like when you pull and there's nothing to pull, does that make sense? Yeah. The paper towel is no longer there to be pulled. And mm-hmm. you yeah. spin the wheel. These ones didn't have spin wheels. Uh. So my thing is like, wow, it happens every single time. I would always, I made it my, my response to that. Anytime I went to the bathroom, I would open it up and I got so proficient at resetting the towel dispenser and winding it and so it comes back out so i would consider consider myself a pro wow that, that, <laughs> that's impressive. A, a really impressive thing to be a pro at yeah, yeah a good career path mm-hmm. future. you could be a janitor <laughs> you could be a janitor <laughs> i could wow the best janitor mm-hmm. some would say mm-hmm. well if you ever if you ever get a chance please come back to Newhouse and refill that thing yeah i will because i have an extra there's an extra paper towel roll in the mm-hmm. kitchen no, there's not. Yep. Wait, was this last night you had to move on? 
No. No, last I because I moved the one that was on the windowsill in the bathroom to the kitchen oh, last night. I will totally refill it then. Why didn't you tell me this? I didn't you know did. you were such an expert at refilling uh, paper towels. All right, I'll do that. The soap problem, I have no. I literally that soap never thing has been it. emptied for like for so long, almost a week now. The whole house is just falling into chaos right now. Yeah, last night someone questioned us about it. They're like, do you normally have no soap? <laughs> Clearly yeah. not. You think yeah. we normally have no we soap? We just have an empty soap dispenser there, yeah. Yeah, yeah obviously, obviously there was soap in there at one point, you know? But just no longer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I would say I would say kitchen, like daily activities rank high on my ruffled feathers, you know? Yeah. Something that I have to look at every day gets me annoyed. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Another thing that ruffles my feathers uh, is how much you have to do, like when you're going through TSA in the airport. <laughs> like it's why why would they prioritize safety on these flights? No, what I'm saying is that it used to be you just go through a metal detector, right? Yeah. Okay. Now you have to go into that thing that like the spinning X-ray thing. Put yeah. your hands up. Yeah. Take your shoes off. Yeah. Do all this stuff, and most of it is just like like security, like theater. So it's just for show. Really. Yeah, because like a lot of stuff gets through. I mean, they might, they'll empty your water bottle and stuff, uh-huh. but most of the stuff they do is just for show, basically. Because like, why is why why all of a sudden do we need to use the the spinning X-ray machines as opposed to just a metal detector? It's fancy. Well, because it does show objects. Yeah, for example, it, it can ra- show non-metal radi- objects. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure isn't radiation a problem too or something like that? Radiate people like bringing like uranium onto flights. Active uranium. I think doesn't that make X-rays go like berserk? But by being on a plane, like, planes are inherently exposed to more radiation. I don't think they're bringing it on to just bring it somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) What? I think they just want, if someone's bringing that onto a flight, I think they just want to know. I don't think they're bringing it on, eh, you know, I'm just bringing it on to bring it to my house. But the plane's already exposed to radiation, so it's fine. Now, what are people doing? I don't understand what you're doing with radioactive material. Making a bomb? (laughs) What? A a nuclear bomb. A nuclear bomb. Or no. That fits in your hands. Yes. Exactly. No, you, you no, no, bring, no, it does not fit in your hand. Uh, you bring uranium true. to give people cancer in 80 years? Yes. Oh, I'll show them. <laughs> you wait till 80 years on the healthcare system when we're all dealing with cancer. Hmm, that is true. But I, I think safety is definitely no, safe, important. Don't get me wrong. Flights. Safety is definitely important. Oh, you heard it here first. Gabe said safety is wow. not important on flights. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like a lot of countries don't make you take off your shoes uh-huh. or don't make you take your laptop What about the knife bag? I'm hiding in my shoes, Gabe? What about That's that? That's the thing. My mom had like a sw- little Swiss army knife that fits in your wallet <gasps> and she forgot to take it out <gasps> and it didn't catch it. Oh. Are you kidding? Wow. Yes. I one time my- almost brought a Swiss army knife into like a government building and they have huge military and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not trying to get flagged right now. So then I ran back to my car and put it away because you just sometimes don't realize no, that I mean, stuff. Yeah, you should, but... I mean, yeah. my sister had a, a little flip out knife that she got for her birthday. My parents gave it to her. It was like a little utility knife and... Uh, I think it might have been in her purse or something, and that's the, that got flagged immediately. Wow, that got through? Where was it? Don't you dare tell me in her pocket. It was in her wallet. What? Wow. Oh, because wallets, don't those go through? I mean, it's like a shape of a card, so maybe they thought it was like a metal card or something. Definitely. Oh, it's one of those ones. Oh, this yeah, isn't yeah, your yeah. mom's first time flipping weapons past security. <laughs> She's got it in the shape of wow, a credit card wow. in the wallet. She's ready, man. No, she yeah, she says she had totally forgot to take it off. Yeah, I got you, Gabe. Isn't there a is there a flight marshal? Is that mm-hmm. what they're Some, called? Some okay, air marshal. Air marshals. Oh, I thought you don't they, know I thought they, they had are, to be correct? on every flight. No, isn't it more like you don't know when one's on your flight? Yeah, you don't. So you makes, don't know. It makes it 
It makes the so illusion they that they're on yeah, every flight. I see, I see. But they're really only scattered. And to be honest, they don't really do much, I would say, right? Well, I, I would How assume if someone something? tried to hijack the plane, no, they would... Precisely, but I'm saying they don't do preventative stuff, probably, right? No, I mean, yeah, what once... Is once there, what is there to prevent once people are already on the plane? True. I mean, yeah, they inherently can't do preventative stuff because by the time they're on the plane, it's... Mm. All the preventative actions have been taken. So yeah. is that almost like a... Hmm, okay. Interesting. But so the only preventing they're doing is scaring you. Yeah, which I'd say is is. What is your guys' opinion of the Panopticon? The what? The what? It's the the idea of always being watched. It was a style of prisons. Oh yes, yes, the one was like a circle. Precisely where the middle, and you can't tell when you're being watched. But there could be a watcher in there. Oh, there's there's a there's a circle like a watchtower in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like one way glass or something. You can't tell. Not necessarily one way glass. It was like the angles of the bars. And then all of the all of the cells. But nowadays it would be one way glass. Yeah, all of the cells are facing towards this watchtower in the middle. So you never know when you're being watched, and there could be be no watcher in there. Like I feel like flight marshals and just society in general is organized around this principle of we don't know when we're being watched, so that's part of the reason why we do follow yeah regulations and stuff and feel yeah. safer you know i'm not sure if any of you guys ever read the book 1984 by george orwell i feel like everyone yeah. read 1984 yeah it, it i seems did not read that thank you for it is a pretty wide your school didn't novel. make you read it thank you for shaming me gabriel i'm not ta- i'm shaming your school i'm ashamed your school, i apologize your school, your school you has read. failed you your education system has failed you there's so much my education has failed me my school now that i come here I'm like man my school is just not good <laughs> I, yeah. I did not read 1984. Let's name some other things that are required in schools. Brave it's New World. <laughs> Brave New World? Brave New World. Did not read that. What is that? That was a, also a pretty good book. Is that also dystopian. Orwell novel? Or is that uh, I don't think it no, was no, it Orwell. Was not. It, was, it was similar yeah, in Huxley. style to, Hor- to Orwell. But yeah, no. What about Animal Farm? That's an Orwell book. Obviously. I never I read Animal not. Farm. I read Animal Farm. <laughs> he said, obviously. What? You didn't read Animal Farm? No. Nope. Okay, now Maybe that's something like you just have to read. Yeah, now we have a half and half. Well, I'm on the East Coast and I read 1984. We get it, Gabe. Okay. <laughs> I think wait, I think did, wait, he's just an question. outlier. Did as any far of you guys? Goes. No, no one in my county definitely read it in 1984. Your county is an outlier then. Okay. Um, did you guys go to private school, public school? I went to a public school. Public. So did I? Ah, uh, so did I. Just wanted to check. Awesome. Yep. Wasn't sure if you guys were like some private like 1984. No. I mean, public, uh, public yes. schools. 1984 can, elites. Public <laughs> school, schools can still be very elite depending on the no, area. No, that, I'm not saying elite. In. No, I'm definitely not saying they're not elite. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, obviously, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other Shakespearean? Um, uh, I mean, there's a lot of Shakespeare I read, stuff. I read Hamlet. I never Macbeth, read Hamlet. Hamlet. I never oh, read and Macbeth. Macbeth. Yeah. Macbeth. I read yes. Twelfth Night. I did not. Midsummer's Night Dream. Oh Romeo yeah. <laughs> what are all these plays? Did you guys read Les, Les Miserables or whatever? Oh, yeah. No. We watched I did not. I, watch, I yeah. read that book, and let me tell you. So I didn't realize it was a book. I thought it was just oh, a it book. is a book, Gabe. <laughs> it, it is, is a book. so long, and it, it's very much not like the play or the movie. Uh. It is so long. What were your guys' favorite books that you had to read for school? Um, my favorite book was this book called Lords of Discipline. Really? Which is about a guy who goes to... Um, uh, the school, the Citadel, which is like a military institute in South Carolina. Okay. And it's just about all the things that go on there. So like a bunch, just a bunch of hazing at the school because mm-hmm. all these military guys are trying to act tough. Mm-hmm. And it's just his story of him in freshman year and then in senior year. Wow. And like just breaking or like going through like all the hazing stuff mm-hmm. and learning about like secret societies mm-hmm. they have there. Yeah. 
I would say that my favorite is it's it's a toss up. It's uh, so my favorite fiction novel that I read for school would probably be Bless Me Ultima, uh, which is a story about it, it's kind of like a coming of age novel about a boy and his grandma. It's no, I don't know if it's a grandma, but it's like an old woman that comes and stays at the, his house, and and it's this is like a Latino family, so there's a lot of like Latino folklore, folklore, wow, <laughs> folklore, yes. and it, like kind of ingrained in the novel, and it's a very spiritual novel as well, and I think it's really cool, and it it sheds a lot of light on how you identify with religion and how that affects your identity because this boy has a lot he's he's very young and as he's growing up he develops this i wouldn't say suspicion but this skepticism about religion his family is very religious and he's coming to terms with the idea that he doesn't know why god would make the world the way that mm-hmm. he did and i think that's a really interesting point and there's a lot of supernatural aspects to the book as well and i think it's it's very good and as far as nonfiction goes there was this book I read when I was a sophomore, I believe. I think it was over summer. And it's called uh, The Devil in the White City. And it's a really, really good book about the Chicago World's Fair. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like at the turn of the century. It was in like 1855. Yeah. I was like the one with like the electric lights and stuff. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it was a really, really cool t- period of uh, like a time period in the United States. There was a lot of advancements being made as far as technology goes like that's where cotton candy was invented and the ferris wheel was first really implemented on a large scale it debuted right there yeah it was really really cool and it was a it was two storylines going on at the same time one was about the architects I, that were I building love that. That's cool, i love yeah. when that yes yeah, so, and and this was all non-fiction mind you oh that's amazing and so there is one storyline about the architects that were heading the entire project and it was really cool to see their process and they they were si- they recruited the guy who designed Central Park to create all of the plant life around, and they had some really big minds kind of working to make this whole program be as perfect as possible because it was essentially a show for the United States to the whole world. And at the same time, there was this storyline about this man who was a like sociopath, I believe. Is that that's the one where they don't feel emotion? And and it's a man who's a sociopath that ends up building a really big mansion next to the where the World Fair is, and he opens up as a hotel. And as people stay in there that are coming to this massive fair, he systematically would like take people and kill them wow. because wow. he designed the entire mansion to be I know exactly to what be you're talking about. built as essentially. Like a way to kill ca- people and torture not just like not, he tortured them not necessarily he was he, he it was weird. he didn't he didn't care about torture because he didn't feel emotion yeah but so he, he had would torture just kill. chambers in there he had the walls. he had gas chambers so he could seal off any any given room and just pump gas into it and just kill someone. Where was this? I, I read about this actually. It was in Chicago. Chicago, yeah. yeah. I, I'm reading that. Yeah, this it was a real it was thing that happened. yes, it was wow. it was real. Yeah. It was really really weird. But it, it was daughter, again. It was, it was an amazing book. Isn't his daughter? His daughter's still alive or something like that. Uh, it's his I daughter's really, still alive from I the eighteen really ninety something. Or like I his family. Really sorry, doubt that. you're right. His, one of his family members is alive, and I believe owns the mansion or something like that. Mm. Like, like the family line is still known. Mm. 
Because there's something about their family, some some weird facts about their family, about how like I don't know if he ever had children. He was put he was put to death, and so I don't know if did they use the electric chair. I'd have to look. I don't know if they did. You're laughing, but like (laughs) no, they 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 love wanted to use the electric chair. Yeah, what's your opinion of the electric chair? On the electric chair specifically? Mm-hmm. Inhumane? Doesn't seem, yeah. Doesn't seem like a good way to go. No, I'm saying, assuming that you were okay with, um... The death penalty. No, no, I'm, say, penalty, uh, I'm saying, I'm saying, as, I, like, as far yeah, as I'm execution systems go, that's okay. a terrible way to go. Yeah. What about, um, the guillotine? Or a, a advanced guillotine, okay? I'm not saying, like... An advanced guillotine. I'm saying I the idea good. of chopping a head off. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you more or less lose all sensation. Okay. However, there's studies done during like the French Revolution mm-hmm. about how long do you remain conscious? How long can you like can you see your own body? And it's seconds, or like it's, it's like seconds? three seconds or something like that. Wow, maybe some some three seconds. But do you so feel it? Weird. I feel like you get instantly knocked out. There's varying levels of consciousness from these studies because, given these studies were all done yeah. on prisoners, and they had to ask them immediately, right? Yeah. <laughs> are you are you no. okay? So they they made relationships with them like weeks before the. The um Execution. ceremony. Wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. And for example, there's different studies. Some of them showing like calling out their names and seeing. They're checking to see if it's random eye movement from just muscles contraction, or if it's responding to um. Responding to uh environmental. Mm-hmm. Uh, things, or if it's just random spasms of the dead body. And there's some that say like 20 seconds, which they didn't believe. Like there's varying studies of the time that you stay. And, and this was also during the French Revolution. Exactly why I, I say it's not that accurate, but it begs the question, how long are you conscious? It, is there any kind of consciousness as it happens? I would assume that the pain would immediately knock you out. Yeah, if, you might if, still be alive. But, but you you would say the pain would immediately knock you out, but when you're chopped, you know your pain is from the nerves. Most of your nerves are now gone. You're almost numbed. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. And you have enough blood in your brain. You know what I'm saying? You can go, what is it? Not that this would be how long you go, but you can go 30 seconds without oxygen, you right, know, right. to the system. Well, obviously, it wouldn't be 30 seconds, but, you know, because the blood would drain from you. You know, it's not like you would have yeah. no oxygen. The blood would actually just drain from your head. But I think there is got to be some kind of consciousness for, like, you know, at a least something. Seconds. Yeah, no. And then sure. the shock probably knocks you out. The shock of seeing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, Maybe. I think the guillotine's a decent one, though. I think the guillotine is good. Because, well, I guess personally, I don't really think we should use the death penalty. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. But but given the I feel like one, the guillotine's good because I feel like it's not it, like kills. And we get to keep the heads or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, of course you get to frame them. Mm. And also, it takes away the mask people can have behind the death penalty mm-hmm. because people like using mm. lethal injection because they can hide behind oh, the guise exactly. of like science or like behind oh, something yeah. else. Or the guise of just it's a simple injection. Where yeah, like it's nothing. It's like medicine, and you just go to sleep. Yeah. Right. Whereas with a guillotine or even like a firing squad, which I would also support more than lethal really? injection. Really, a firing squad? I feel like that'd be better than. I'm not because a then it's squad. undeniably murdering someone. Okay, but think, that's why I don't I like it. Because then it's not. It's the person that's tasked with the firing squad now has to have that on their. You could have it like automatic. Oh, you're saying an automatic firing squad? I'm just saying. I'm just saying if you if you don't want people to have to kill someone. Okay, I was yeah, saying it's, it's messed just, up to put that onto somebody. It's just holding oh, yeah, yeah. people. To know that they are actually, but also like, someone. is that really different than someone injecting it with a needle? No, but no, it's not. But I think a firing squad consists of how many people? You know? Yeah, I mean, a team of. I guess, oh, you're saying the whole team? Yeah. Mm, that begs the question of when are you the murderer? You know? Yeah. True. Or if you can push that on, push that responsibility. I, I assume mm. people who are in firing squad think the same as a doctor 
working in like a lethal injection thing. Well, some firing squads are just military, you know, like yeah, history. and they don't have responsibility. They just bump it up to mm-hmm. the government. Similar to the um, Nuremberg trials. Oh yeah, exactly. Like who's responsible? Is it them or is it are they a product of their time? I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So back to books. Even though I really do like this this line <laughs> of conversation, not that I like the death penalty. I just want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite nonfiction books would have to be 1491 by like Charles C. Mann. Oh, that's about the um, Native Americans. Like, Did before. you read that? I've read like pages of it. Yeah. Man, tell me it wasn't amazing. No, it's pretty interesting, like hearing about all this stuff. The before. studies, and it just, I, en- I enjoy that so much. Is this a nonfiction or fiction? Oh, no, definitely nonfiction. Wow. It's, it's like a detailed study of um, the Americas before Columbus some of the science that they partook in oh, like yeah. the Amazon yeah. do you read the excerpt about the Amazon rainforest I don't think I read that it's this whole thing about the Amazon rainforest potentially may have been almost an idea of a farming system where I don't know if you've ever heard about some like doomsday preppers do it it's like a farming system where you make the best farm by having plants that complement yeah, each other yeah it's called polyculture I thought, yeah. thank you so yeah. the Amazon rainforest there's like studies of like almost fertilizer that can be seen mm-hmm. in the levels of the of the dirt yeah and it, it was the fact that the Amazonians had adapted to although it takes more time to grow these trees, you're looking at like a 20 year of providing you food yeah. opposed to short time hunting. Yeah. So then they valued that and they, they specialized in making this fertilizer and growing this this giant garden, so to speak. Again, these are all just theories, you know. Well, I, th- I think that's very possible because the entire rainforest is essentially built around a polyculture. That, that's well, what they're a saying. polyculture and per- permaculture system, which is essentially Permac- the same thing. Thank you. Permaculture is what, yeah. what they call it. Yeah, them. my sister did a lot of uh, research when she was in college about permaculture, mm-hmm. and she would always tell me about it. It's a very, very interesting way to, to grow crops because if you combine, I think it's corn, legumes, and one other like really common edible plant they all provide nutrients that the other ones use Mm -hmm. and like in the case of legumes they fix nitrogen from the atmosphere into the soil and and that provides and not only that but they also provide like plants that protect exactly from other animals eating like they yes for example you have like um i think it was it blackberries that Mm -hmm. are very dense bush and they have thorns and it it so like they plant it all for like the maximum amount of forage yeah I think that's really, really cool. And it also was similar about the Great Plains, mm-hmm. where, so, 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 uh, where the Great Plains were actually burned. Like, they would yeah, have they forest would burn fires. Regularly. And it was a, basically a giant grazing area for livestock. Because although it was free-range buffalo, mm-hmm. it was where they burned to leave open grasslands, you mm-hmm. know? I see. And then they would maintain, they would do burnings every, like, so so often. Oh, so they would, they would actually burn areas, they would, like, slash and burn areas of the forest? I wouldn't call it slash and burn because they're not utilizing it for... It's very similar to Slash and Burn, yeah. but not, not confused with like the farming of Slash yeah. and Burn, but they would burn it to maintain the, yeah, yeah, the, no, the plains, only have like the... Oh, growing. oh, so they would they would burn the plains that were already there. Or, yeah, if they were Because plains, plains do naturally yes. want to... Like, so that's why we have higher. these great plains, supposedly, and they would expand them, yeah. and they would just live with the buffalo herds. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. insane? Yeah. And there's all sorts of studies about, like, all sorts of different things about how we don't really appreciate what, you know... Yeah, pre-Columbus America. Yeah, I mean, you seen those like they weren't as uncivilized as we thought. You know, yeah, there's like those mound civilizations where people like yes, natives li- yes. literally live in mounds. Like it's crazy it's in the earth, like wild. hobbits. Yeah, and the fact that they had like not necessarily germ theory, but like mm. they talked about like but their hygiene was not. Yeah, bad. like there was excerpts about like writings from um, Aspilicueta, right? Is that where, where it was? Tenochtitlan. Did oh, you say Tenochtitlan? I said Tenochtitlan. Tenochtitlan. Yes. Um, the city of 
when Colum- when uh, Cortez visited, yeah. yeah, they talked about how gross he was for using handkerchiefs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they were just talking about how and uh, Cortez talks about how clean the city was. They had like garbage patrols that would clean yeah. the streets and everything. Yeah, so it was just very interesting. So Nochilan, that was the floating. City, yeah, the, the right? whole mm-hmm. thing yeah, it was yeah, like in the, the middle of like city. like like Texaco or something yeah. where Mexico City yeah. is today. Oh yes, That's where so they happen to so found amazing. the eagle. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, the, the eagle with the stick on the cactus. on the fertile yes. lake is where they found yes. this eagle. As as the whole as the old legend goes. Uh yes. Yeah. I, I thought I thought early American history was really interesting. I took a college class at that when I was in high school. To I didn't have my that in my school. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, no, I went to like the community college that was like right next to me, and I took it over summer, mm-hmm. um, just to like because I thought it was interesting, and it really was uh, learning about early Americas. It, it and it really like kind of drove home that feeling of like like more of a connection to the people that I'm like ancestors like that I descended from because I, I have Mexican heritage in me like, I mean I, I am like a first generation from Mexico and I think it's really really cool to see how far they were able to get with such limited resources because they didn't have things that we take for granted such as like horses and animals that can carry heavy loads yeah. other than like a lo- yeah, like an alpaca. The that, alpacas. That was, that was it. And they they made do. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and the, the fact that they were limited to means they didn't make stuff like Europeans always got on the natives for not having invented the wheel and stuff. Yeah, but they didn't need it. But like, especially oh, if they were uh, savage so, and stuff. It's for so hilly. Why did they need it? Yeah, they would have been like, yeah. you wouldn't be able to use it. Think about how many roads. The construction of roads that yes. happened when yes. when the Europeans came here because it wasn't meant for roads. The the trees were so densely. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could have made roads, but like they didn't have anything to pull the wheel, like pull yeah. the wheels. Mm, there true. was no animal that could pull a cart. Mm. The buffalo. What were they gonna do? Get a tame a buffalo? Domesticate so. a buffalo? No, buffalo were eventually used to pull carts. Why? I feel like that's the bison. A bit of a stretch. Oh, ox, oxen. Yeah. Ox. yeah. But buffalo are so similar to oxen. You could have used what. No, I think I I don't know. So about I mean, that. it was just harder to domesticate, like zebras. Yeah. Like, there's like this question: Why didn't like Africans ride zebras like horses? <laughs> zebras are also very hard. to Could domesticate. you imagine that riding that zebras? So That'd be so terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> riding giraffes? Wow! Wow! Yeah. I'd be terrified. How no, do you stay on? And people rode elephants. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Those those are mo- much more easily domesticated. Elephants? Yeah. What elephants? Well, because there's. I think it has to do with. I don't want to say the friendly nature, but like. There's, again, studies about this. Speaking of those studies, there's studies about the uh, Russians were studying how to domesticate foxes. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole breed of fox where, because apparently domestication is actually in the genes of animals sometimes. Yeah. So they take the kindest foxes from each litter. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they they um mate those ones, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. So there's this breeding, whole, yeah. it's a whole species of Russian fox from this experiment. And they're like the friendliest foxes there are. They're like almost like dogs, but they're still... They still have a wild nature to them, where they're they're getting down to the domestication level of dogs. It's a study of how we domesticated dogs yeah. and animals through like years and years of breeding, so, yeah. of selective breeding, exactly. Right, right. And it's that study that there's a there, there might be genes. For example, elephants are so kind natured. If you ever if you ever seen that, yeah. yeah, which I assume is why they've always been like used like in India for the mm-hmm. logging industry. Yeah, and war elephants. And yeah. war elephants. <laughs> yeah. Yes, don't forget the the friendly nature of war elephants. You can imagine that Hannibal just walking over the Alps. With all those Think elephants. about the scare factor of that. Exactly. Like, especially for people, like, some random dudes living in Italy. If you had never, never seen, seen an elephant, seen the elephant before. If you'd never I'd seen be an elephant before, and you see people riding it, and they were definitely painted with war paint. You know oh, 100%. that. 100%. Yeah. Like, red paint, and you were like, what is this? I would give up. I would give up the fight immediately. Yeah, a lot of them did. 
I would I would worship the elephant. Worship <laughs> the elephant god. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. The, 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 like the sheer logistics of just crossing the mountains with oh, huge yes. elephants. Yeah. yeah. The food. The food supply. The food. I mean, a lot of guys died. But they had but to the keep eating elephants. <laughs> a lot of guys died. Yeah. True. Animal was crazy. Yeah. Almost one too, but they called him back to, uh, what's it called? Carthage. Because, um, didn't they? We're like, all right, well, you're here. And they went down to Carthage, didn't they? Exactly, yeah. The Romans like, oh, he's not right, here. Right. <laughs> well, you know what that means? No elephants in Carthage. <laughs> yep, and then they burned the city. And salted the And salted the ground. Can you imagine no. that? Do you hear no. about that? Just to prevent any After the third, Was it the third war? Regrowing? Yeah, the third, the third war time. or something. What? So there were these wars back and forth. And after the third time, the Romans, w- they won every one, right? Or Carthage maybe won one? Carthage might have won one, but. So the Romans went down after the third time. They had enough. They defeated them instead of just like retreating like they did after you defeat your enemy. Yeah. They burned all the ground and the houses and like everything, and then they salted all the land so it would never grow again. Wow, they really screwed them over. So then it did. That was yeah. that the final victory. Oh, he <laughs> yes. most definitely was. Carthage was no was no more. Carthage was done. Wow, the salt, the salt think really about ended how, them. Think about how horrible that is, though. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Romans were brutal. Oh they yes, really they were. were. You know who's brutal? Napoleon. We never really. He was pretty Napoleon? brutal. How about that? And and I mean uh, he was better than like Robespierre and the guys who came before him from the reign of terror with the guillotine. Oh yes. Oh yes, no, I'm talking yes. like um exp- expansion wise, like conquering Europe. Like Romans were pretty good. Napoleon was also very good. Oh yeah, Napoleon was a genius at conquering stuff. Yeah. Except when it comes to winter. Yeah, but the pro- <laughs> I mean the problem is he had no other choice, right? He had to invade Russia. Oh, everyone goes, why didn't he think about Russia? But he well, he didn't have to expand into Russia. Well, because his whole plan was about making a continental system that would basically like embargo the UK because mm. you couldn't land in the UK. But if Russia kept trading with Britain, then like it would break his whole plan. Interesting. So he kind of kind of played his hand. And wow. Then, yeah. Uh, Victoria, do you have any books you would like? Ah, uh, yes. Back to the book topic. Um, I think my favorite book was a nonfiction book called Into the Wild by John oh, Krakauer. Yeah. Oh, yes. Any of you read it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that book. So for Kyle, who may or may not have read no, it. No, no, for the viewers who have not read it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Please um, tell them what it's about. It was written sort of like a... It was written by like a news reporter, magazine article. Was it Into the Wild or Into Thin Air? Uh, I think it was Into, into the air. Wild was what I read for school, but then oh. I read Into Thin Air. Imagine entering her on your own so book. Is <laughs> <laughs> your memory correct? Because <laughs> oh, I remember Into Thin Air, and I remember into some other... Into Thin Air is a really interesting book, yeah, I, which I, I think like we should one. talk about after this. Okay, I'm down to talk about Into Thin Air instead, because I read that after reading Into the Wild, because I like. it And for so the much. viewers, just explain what Into mm-hmm. Thin Air is. Into Thin Air is essentially a novel about these... Were they expert mountain climbers? Oh, I, I know for not expert. I know for a fact that one of the guys he became his name is Tommy Caldwell. He became one of the best rock climbers, out, outdoor rock climbers at least. Um, and I know that he was on that expedition. And there's a there's a scene where they, well, I mean, I never actually read the book, but I I watched the a movie where uh, this yes. this guy Tommy Caldwell essentially recounted the the the, the plot of the book. Uh. I'm not sure about details, though. So if you want to fill in on details, yeah. Victoria. Mm-hmm. Well, essentially, the author, uh, John Krakauer, he was into climbing, and he went to Mount Everest. And yeah, as Mount Everest expeditions go, um, poorly. Yes, extremely. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was like it was the book took place during the 1993 mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Adverse Disaster, which is it was an earthquake, I believe, or mm-hmm. something, or at least a, it was like a crazy storm. Crazy storm. Yeah, and there were a bunch of hikers on there, and like by that time in 1993, Everest had already become a huge tourist attraction. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so there was already just like the lines of Sherpas just bringing things up to the top. Yeah, basically like carrying stuff yeah. on their back yeah. for these guys who just want to climb with the mountain. Yeah. So you have a bunch of unexperienced climbers. Some people like I remember there's a group of like. I don't know if they're like Chinese or something. Didn't have any like good climbing shoes uh-huh. and a whole bunch of these guys. And then the storm comes in and there's a ton and of people at the summit. Them, yes. mm-hmm. And they have to come down and a lot of them dive like frostbite and stuff. And it was like it was like oh, the deadliest ever disaster that had happened. I think until next year. Mm-hmm. I think there's another storm Goodness. next year. But it's not as publicized because John Cracker was in there <coughs> and stuff. Right. And they also made a movie called Everest. Mm. which is it's not based off the book but it's the same disaster and i think it paints it paints john cracker in, in a more negative light because really? in his own should book, he be in a negative light um i'm not sure i think a lot of people on that trip said cracker paints himself as doing more than he did in his book than mm-hmm. he actually did in real life oh i see so i'm not so sure but i know like the book the movie definitely was not based off the book it was some i didn't see the movie but i did read the book but the movie is different than than the book yeah in the same event though and also into the wild i'm pretty sure that wasn't john Krakauer because that guy definitely died at the end of the book oh no he did he wrote it about he wrote it about guy. him yeah. okay i was gonna say yeah yeah yeah. i read into the wild too though because that was that was when we went to like alaska yeah right yeah. i see you went to alaska no no, no so in the book it's a actually it's about some guy who lived um near where i lived he went to high school in really? virginia wow um and he went to he's like he, he went to Emory College for, like, law school. Oh, he's going to go to law school. Yeah, and then he dropped out. He drops out. He wants to explore the world, so he goes, like, hitchhiking around the country. And he's like, oh, I want to go off and, like, live on my own. So he eventually makes his way up to Alaska. And then all these guys warn him, like, I don't, I don't think you're going to, like, do so hot there and stuff. Yeah. Um, So he basically just goes off, and then he eventually dies of, like, starvation or something or like i think he eats some poisonous berries dang oh spoiler warning by the way what a way to go out yeah it was like they weren't sure what exactly killed him insert spoiler warning (laughs) (laughs) i'll just edit it in front yeah (laughs) well then now we have to edit this otherwise we we have have to to put a disclaimer we're going down a horrible path we don't edit the show this is live (laughs) 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 yeah the charade is up <laughs> they know <laughs> oh no <laughs> they know this was recorded in the morning no oh, you have to tell them in the morning this could have been like yeah now they know it was oh recorded. gosh they know exactly when it was Man. edit this please Gabriel <laughs> please edit this in the future uh, so um yeah that's interesting yeah, yeah. I just uh, like the way that they kind of followed his story through the stories of other people like they would find like Cracker would like find stories from <laughs> He'd find the stories from people that he met along the road and just kind of. Uh, my bad. Just got interrupted. <laughs> and I lost my train of thought. But yeah, it was really interesting. The way that he wrote oh, okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> that was passive aggressive, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I think that's about all the time we have today. Thank you guys for joining us on Ruffles My Feathers. Thank you so much. I've been Gabriel. I'm Lucian again. I've been Kyle, and I'm still Kyle. And I am still Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had to think for a second there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I wasn't sure. All right, well, have a safe trip. Yep, see you in two weeks. Thank you. Peace.